Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here and to worship you. And Lord, I pray that you would continue, as always, to speak into our hearts and minds and lives that which you have for us this day and each day. May my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I chose to uh, preach on the psalm. It's interesting that uh, a lot of times I forget, you know, we get kind of forget the psalm. And I think it's important every once in a while, whether it's the first lesson or the second lesson or the psalm, to go ahead and examine uh, one of the other lessons other than the gospel as a part of our sermon time. And the psalms are so deeply rich, so rich with, with stuff for us that can be so beneficial to us. They are so authentic. They really are essential to our faith. And that's why I made the comment I did during children's time about loving the fact that we uh, recite the psalm each week. This one, this one psalm, 119, is one of the most interesting chapters in all of Scripture. It's the longest by far. It's almost at the dead center of the Bible. It actually is broken up into sections, sections of eight verses, each beginning with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet in order. So for a Bible nerd like me, this is pretty exciting stuff. But it is really, really long passage, long chapter. For Luther, when he wrote his commentary on the Psalms, I wondered how he was going to handle this because, I, you know, I look through it now and there are 100 and, I think it's 176 verses. Is that what there are? There are just a tremendous number of verses. Yeah, 176 verses. And I thought, well, I'd like to see this trick, how Luther's going to commentary on 176 verses. Well, his commentary was actually pretty short. But Luther pointed out that part of the point about this whole psalm is to get excited about the Word of God. That this is part of the purpose of this. That we would be excited about the Word of God so that we would be prepared and we'd be able to stand up against false teaching, against boredom, against familiarity with the Scripture, against contempt with the Scripture. Because some of the Scripture is hard. Some of the Scripture is hard to read, is hard to hear, especially without some time to kind of study and understand in the bigger context. That we, as Luther pointed out, that we are to receive the word with purity and gladness. That the word of God covers everything. Everything that we could ever need. Everything that we could ever wonder about. Everything that we could ever have curiosity about. And it's meant to bring us joy. That the word of God is meant to bring us joy, not to set a standard that feels impossible, not to make us believe in a distant God. The longer I study the Bible, quite frankly, the more I realize I don't know. But it's a gift because the more that I study the word, the more I see and understand and fall in love with the God of the universe. So we start with verse 1 here, and this is printed in your bulletin and your insert and it says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless. So if that's you, see me after service. <laughs> Who walk according to the law of the Lord. That we're called to walk in the ways of the Lord. That our daily moving, our posture, our very existence is to walk with the Lord. Easier said than done, right? I love the scripture because it's pretty simple concepts, things that my tiny brain can understand. But to live it out is so great and so challenging that we spend our whole lives trying to do so. In verses 2 through 8, which is this whole section, remember they're in 
they're in uh, sections of eight, kind of talks about what that looks like, talks about what that means. It's a pretty tall order, what it means to follow the Lord. But I love the second part of verse 2. It's connected to the great commandment, the greatest commandment. At the end there it says, Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. That really, it's not about our effectiveness. It's not about our success. It's not about our knowledge. I know people who know an awful lot about the Bible, but don't know Jesus at all. It's about seeking the Lord with all our heart. Again, simple to understand, but certainly a tall order. But we start in the new section with verse 9 here. And I'll tell you, verses 9 through 11, when I was in, uh, in my undergraduate program in college, this was one of the first scriptures we had to memorize. I remember the class well, and I thought it was funny that we had to do this. Well, I actually didn't think it was funny at the time. You, you know, you had to memorize these passages of scripture, and there was a test. So you memorized them in your translation, and then you got in on the test day, and you wrote your name, and you wrote what translation you were using, and then you wrote out the verse. But you had to have everything right. You couldn't miss a word. You'd lose a point for every word missed, every word added, every comma, period, semicolon, colon out of place, which I'll tell you, uh, you know, in the midst of working on my doctorate, I hate colons and semicolons like I've never hated them before. And, and it's interesting because the grammar of the Bible doesn't always match the grammar of other things. And So for every little thing you got wrong, you'd miss a point. And imagine freshman year in college, focus is not generally your gift. And so this was quite an experience. But interestingly enough, uh, I still remember this verse well. It's funny that we were called to memorize this verse about the value of Scripture in memorizing Scripture. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God helps us to fulfill the word. We are not alone. We can't do it alone. In fact, if you look at our other readings, our gospel lesson and our message from Corinthians, these are things that we cannot do alone. There are things in there that need to be forgiven. If anyone is angry with their brother, they have committed murder. Uh-oh. I'd be fine if I never drove anywhere. That living according to God's word is something that God helps us to fulfill, that God's grace does for us, that God's grace does on our behalf. It is so important that we read, that we know, that we study, that we meditate on, that we pray the scriptures. I, do, I try to pray a psalm every day. I try to read a proverb every day because that's easy. There's 31 proverbs and there's at most 31 days in a month. So it helps me also remember what day it is, which I need help with that frequently. It's important to really engage with, to grab a hold of the Word of God, that that's where life is found. That's where we can cultivate the conditions, where we can become what God has for us to become. That there's a dramatic difference in the peace and the faith of those who really are students of the Scripture, of churches that really focus on the Scripture, than those that may not. We get familiar and we forget that there's power. 
we get familiar and we forget that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, might have something different for us in each and every reading. You know, we do this Thursday morning pastor's Bible study, and it's interesting because we study the scripture lesson that we're going to do for the sermon, and several people have asked me and participants of that study, does that feel like you're just repeating the same thing over and over again? And so far, you know, there have been a couple things, you know, each week that, you know, those poor folks have to hear not only once from me, but twice from me, but so oftentimes between what we're studying and the rabbit trails that come up, we find so many different things to talk about because the Word of God is so rich that there are passages in the Scriptures that I swear I've read a thousand times and I'll read again and I'll catch something that I never caught before. It's amazing what the Spirit does when we really study and understand the Scriptures. That the Scriptures change us. That we must cultivate that. We must be students of the Scripture. Not just on Sunday mornings. Not just in a Bible study. But regularly be students of the Scripture. I love this, verses 9 through 11. How can we stay on the path of purity? Live according to the Word. And then we get that repetition. I will seek you with all of my heart. But then there's verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here's the amazing thing. The more I study scripture, the more I try to memorize, whether by choice or force, it's amazing what God does with that. And maybe you've had this experience. You are experiencing something in life or you encounter a friend or maybe a stranger who's going through something and this scripture comes to mind almost instantly and you wonder, and this has happened to me, now when did I read or memorize that? Where is that in the Bible? And so I go and look and I, I find out where it is. That when we become people of the scripture, the Spirit raises up those scriptures that we need, whether for ourselves or for others in any given moment. That that's one of the great and beautiful things that God does with the Word. And I love it. I mean, I memorized this verse a long time ago. But as soon as I looked at the lessons for today and I saw Psalm 119, I said to myself, isn't that place where it says, I've hidden my word in your heart that I might not sin against you? It's ironic that we're forced to memorize a verse about memorizing verses, really. I think there was some intentionality by the professor there. It worked on me. That when we know the word, it's not just a knowledge, not just being able to do a Bible quiz or sound smart, but it changes us. It, we know it so well that it becomes buried in our heart, that it, that it comes out when we need it the most. I mean, let's be honest. We memorize all sorts of things, right? I mean, how many of you can sing of the hymns that we have in the hymnal without looking at the hymnal? How many of you can have a song come on the radio and you can sing the song of the radio? Abby's really good at this. It blows my mind. She has this incredible memory for things that she hears and are said, which is not always that exciting. But... It's amazing that the things we can remember. Movies. You could turn on Monty Python right now without the volume, and I could probably do 90% of the movie. There are TV shows that we watch. Oh, I've seen this one. Or you start saying, what's next? There are so many things that we <coughs> memorize. Numbers, names, faces, 
songs, things that become so much a part of who we are. What would happen if that's the way we approach the scriptures? You see, because the good news of following Jesus, the good news of being the church is it's not rocket science. It's about the word of God and Jesus Christ. That's the good news. It's not rocket science. That as we begin to know and understand the word, God brings it inside of us, pulls it out of us when we need it the most, when someone else needs it the most, that it becomes nestled in the depths of our heart, that it changes us. And then we have verses 12 through 16. These verses demonstrate the joy that comes in knowing the word of God. That even though the word may not always be easy to understand, easy to hear, as I talked about in our other lessons, there is joy in knowing the word. I love that commentary, that, that those comments at the beginning of 1 Corinthians lesson today where it talks about, you know, eating solid food. That this, this is our food. The word of God is our food. It's what sustains us. And we're supposed to approach it with such power, to give it such power in our lives. And the Psalms are great for that because they express such rich emotion. They express such diverse thoughts and feelings. You know, if you read it as a psychologist, you would probably prescribe something for David. It is so real. It is so authentic. It is so honest. I love what C.S. Lewis said about the Psalms. I had to print this up for myself this week to think about it. There I find an experience fully God-centered, asking of God no, no gift more urgently than his presence, the gift of himself, joyous to the highest degree and unmistakably real. I think this applies to the whole word of God, that in the whole world of God, I find an experience fully God-centered, asking of God no, no gift more urgently than his presence, the gift of himself joyous to the highest degree and unmistakably real. That the scripture is supposed to not point us to life as it is, but life as it should and could be. Life as it will be when we come to meet Jesus face to face. You see, this scripture is not just for knowledge. We can know something, right? I can know all sorts of facts about football or the Broncos or Peyton Manning or my undefeated Syracuse Orange or, you know, I had to fit that in there somewhere. I can know all those facts. But knowing facts is different than knowing someone. You know, when I talk about those I know well, those I love well, family and close friends, I don't list their height and their weight. God help me. You know, or, you know, different things. I talk about who they are as a person, how I know them, what is so meaningful about them to me and our relationship to one another. This is what happens when we get into the Word. We don't just know about God. We really know God. And that not just the Word of God and promises of God, but who God is, the power of the Holy Spirit becomes a part of who we are. It is nestled and hidden in our heart as we become a people of the word. It's not just a story. It's not just for church. It's not just for Christians. 
that the Word of God has so much for us. There's always more, even if we've read the verse a hundred times and memorized it years and years ago. And one of the greatest things that we can do as followers of Jesus Christ and as the church is be a people of the Word. One of the best things I can do is to try my best to understand and seek the word and communicate the word, not so I can tell people what to think or what to know, but so that they can fall in love with the word as well. Because we can't do it alone. It's the power of God. And by consuming and becoming people who know the word, who really believe, study, and incorporate the word into their lives, we are changed. So rich, so powerful, so transforming is the word of God. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. May we be a people of the word. Let us pray. God, we thank you for these scriptures, for the Psalms and David's honesty, for this psalm, and it's pointing us to you over and over again, pointing us to your word. God, help us to be people who love you, who love the scriptures, who are students of the scriptures in prayer and study and reading and meditation and so many other ways, that we might hide your word in our heart, that we'd be changed and transformed and experience all that you have for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand.